I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Thursday, January 9, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. We have a small bucket full of stuff to discuss, both from a long-term and a short-term perspective. We have a series of events coming up that can certainly have an impact on the market. We're at an interesting spot on the chart. Obviously, at new highs, we're having somewhat of a melt-up, obviously. The question is, is it a melt-up, a slow melt-up that's going to end, or is it a blow-off top that's just getting started? Both scenarios are possible. The blow-off top... That's just getting started. I'm not in that camp. Obviously, it's possible. We're all aware of it. We have to be an umpire and be aware of both teams on the field, both sides of the tape, the bull side and the bear side. So we're aware of the bull side, the blow-off top that can send the S&P up another couple of hundred points. Who knows? That's possible. It's not probable from where I sit. What's probable from where I sit is... We're petering out from this slow rolling melt-up. Petering out could certainly mean higher prices, and it probably does mean higher prices, but there's a couple of things that are culminating, so we're in that window of opportunity, if you will. Let me give you an example of one of those things that's culminating that can have an impact on the market, certainly based on where we are on the chart. Let me lay out a hypothetical scenario. Tomorrow, being Friday, we have a phony jobs number. Okay, that's something to sink our teeth into. The market can move on the phony jobs number. Not because the market participants understand or even care where the phony jobs number comes from, but it's an excuse to move the market. If the phony jobs number comes out and the market starts moving, it becomes the reason of the day and can certainly scale up or down in either direction for a lot of points. We've seen it many times before and we'll see it many times again. So we're aware of movement around the phony jobs number. But based on where we are in the charts, here's the hypothetical scenario. Now, nothing ever plays out like you map it out. We're all aware of that. We're just having some fun with a couple of hypothetical scenarios. Let's say the phony jobs number comes out, the market likes it, that's at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. The futures start ramping up. By the time the regular session opens at 9.30, we have a gap up, and then all of a sudden, at some point during the day, we have a gap in crap. That's one way they're going to put in a top. They don't have to, but that's one way they could. That one is pretty easy and obvious to spot. We don't expect that to happen. We have an awareness that that could happen. Why don't we expect it to happen? Because right now, we take the market at face value. Right now, the market's a duck. It's in an uptrend. There's technically nothing wrong with the market. There's nothing technically wrong on the chart. So we just take it at face value. If it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, it's generally a duck. It's been a duck. Therefore, we use the 80-20 rule. 80% of the time, it's going to be a duck. 20% of the time, it turns out to be some kind of ugly duck or something else entirely. We also have something to curtail on the end of that. And it's something I heard this morning. 
I don't watch a lot of CNBC, but from time to time, I do listen to what they're talking about on CNBC. It just so happens I tuned in at a point in time before the market opened. They were discussing one of the comments that the vice chair of the Fed made. I don't know whether he made it today, yesterday, last week. It doesn't matter. But here was the comment. The consumer has never been better. Now that's fine. That may be technically true. But we know what starts to happen when we start to hear comments like that. When the bullishness gets a little bit over the top. When there becomes a lack of realization and understanding that the market can actually go down. That the economy can actually have a hiccup. That the consumer maybe isn't as strong as that person may believe. We know there's a lot of debt out there. We know that given more debt the consumer will spend more money. I'm not saying that is what's going on, but things like that do have a tendency to happen. So we have that. We have the extra bullishness in the air. And why that's important is because that's generally what happens when you're at a top. You have extra bearishness at a bottom. You have extra bullishness at a top. Now, you can't measure to what extreme that gets. There is no measurement. Specifically, when you're at extremes, you don't know exactly how extreme it's going to get. I'm not saying we're at an extreme extreme right now, but we're getting close to at least a temporary extreme, if not longer than temporary. Are we bound to see a pickup in volatility going forward into and through January into February? The answer is yes, mainly for a couple of reasons on the top of my mind. Number one is we have earnings season coming up. So things can always get interesting in and around earnings season. When does it start? Right around next week. They'll start to trickle out and then they'll start to flood out in full force. We also have that time component that I keep talking about. It really falls on the week of January 20. January 20 is a Monday. It's also Martin Luther King Day, which is interesting in and of itself. It's a holiday in the U.S. The banks, brokers, markets are closed. And if you want to get into conspiracy theories, you have not only Repo Man lurking, but that's not really where I'm going. What you have is... Iran lurking. I'm not 100% sure that there's going to be this quote-unquote de-escalation going on. This has been going on since 1979. We'll see what kind of, if any, impact another strike would have on the market. Maybe Iran strikes something. Maybe they don't. I think it's lurking. Net-net, I think we're coming into an important time zone. I think we're there right now. Days away, couple of weeks on the outside. That's my take until something tells me to change the results of my work, and that would be none other than new and fresh work. Right now, it feels really, really wrong, so it's probably good. Is there anything that we can see on any of these charts to give us any new information? The answer is, not really. All that happened today was the market basically went sideways all day long and then started a push at the end of the day. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. Here's a short hop. Did we know that that was going to happen? We had an inkling that that would happen as the day went on. It looked like that would happen. It smelled like that would happen. It was a duck. 
Using the 80-20 rule, it just is what it is. So what I'll do is I'll scroll up and you can see what were in the notes. And then what you'll also see is we were able to identify another area where the market basically just dipped down to check in at a former breakout area. And that was another day, another duck-like market that we were able to identify pretty early right out of the gate. We knew the important numbers. We knew what would happen if the market got below the important numbers, and that didn't happen. So the market checked in at an important number, and then it went ahead and took off to the upside, and it basically went sideways all day long. You can start and stop the video whenever you want to read the commentary as I scroll up. I just want you to see what was going on throughout the day. And then when the market died out, there's nothing else to discuss. So that's what happens. The afternoon was very, very quiet. After the morning session, there's not a lot else you can do on a day like today when the volume dries up and the market just basically goes to sleep and goes into a chop shop formation all afternoon long. So if you're looking for a tour guide throughout the trading day, inside the numbers can certainly fill that void. Regardless of what time frame chart we look at, they're all going to look the same. It's just grinding higher in an uptrend. There's not a lot else to say about the SPY. Do we have any information over in Camp IWM that tells a different tale or any tale whatsoever? And here's the deal in the IWM. We're still in that camp of it's a lower high. Remember from yesterday, there were a couple of things on this chart that jumped out at me. We're consolidating or making a bearish wedge-ish formation right around that 20 period moving average. Now we had a gap up today, so we are above the 20, but look at the day it had. It wasn't a great day. It was up a little bit, but certainly not commensurate with the rest of the market. We had a failing IWM somewhat throughout the trading day. Now, failing is relative. We're talking about comparing what happens on a short-term basis to what's going on on a long-term basis. On the daily chart, we're still in an uptrend. There's nothing technically wrong with this market. However, yours truly looks at things slightly different than others, and I see a lower high developing. I see a possibility of a bearish wedge formation happening. So I'm on guard because we're not getting confirmation from the IWM. Why is that important? Because the IWM is my favorite market leading indicator. Why isn't the IWM at a new high and everything else is at a new high? The Qs are at a new high. The SPY is at a new high. The Dow's rallying on to another big fat round number, 29,000. Are they going to do the 30,000 thing before this is all said and done? Anything is possible at this point. Get the Dow out of your mind and get back to the IWM because I'm focused on what's important on this chart. So, therefore, you've got a puzzle piece. It's on the table. What's doing down at the transportation department? We have that hot mess of a chart. They blew my lower high out of the water yesterday. And here we are in a narrow range day, made a high or a new high by a handful of points, fell back down, no new information in the transports whatsoever. Although, I will throw you one short hop real quick. Here's a 120 minute chart, and you know I look for things that are odd on the chart. I have a screen that has a lot of different time frames on it, so when I glance over, I see the whole thing in one shot. 
Something that's a little odd tends to stand out really quick. Why did this one stand out? Because it's the only chart that I look at within reason. Obviously, I can bring up another time frame and see something very similar to this. But within reason, this is the time frame that stuck out that was extended away from its moving averages. I find that interesting. It's not normal. Therefore, we'll be curious to see what happens in the coming days with the transports. Let me give you an example of what I'm looking at. Let's just say in another hypothetical situation, the melt-up takes a pause and we have a down day or so. Let's just say that that happens. It is possible. We all know that that's possible. Let's say that this 120-minute chart comes back in toward the convergence of the moving averages. This is the 20 and the 50 period moving average. That's red and blue. Let's just say it comes in toward that general area. Now, as the days go on, as the candles go on, the moving averages will move up. As you can see, they're sloping up. So the price at the end of tomorrow is going to be different than the price at the end of today on this chart. So we don't know exactly where it's going to come in, but we want a general area. Let's just use 10,009 and a quarter for argument's sake. Maybe it comes up short. Maybe it spikes through a bit. We'll use 10,009 and a quarter. If that happened, does that do any damage on the daily chart? No, we don't even get to the moving averages on the daily chart. All we've done, which in my book, which is the main reason I'm bringing this up, keep in mind, they would have spiked the former high that I talked about being a lower high. Is that possible it would have just been a spike of this general area, but that this wedgish pattern is still intact? We don't know. I'm just hypothesizing. We're just talking around things. We're not putting a trade on based on this information. What I'm doing is letting you inside the dangerous place. I try and look at charts any which way I can. Some ways don't work out. Other ways end up to be a revelation that I can use later. That's where all this stuff comes from over time. It's the compounding of knowledge. Where does that start? It starts right in the Lazy E-Mini Trader course. You get the foundation of how the market works. You watch these videos every single day and you compound the knowledge. The third leg of the stool is inside the numbers and you get either trade opportunities and or the tour guide of the market throughout the trading day. Whatever and however you want to use the information, it's there for the taking. You get the important numbers. You get the whole shooting match. All right, let's move on to the cues. Anything to discuss in the cues? No, we're just entering past the ridiculous and into the land of redonkulous. Yes, we're in an uptrend. Yes, there's nothing wrong with the market, nothing technically wrong with the market. They can go to the moon if they want, but the reality is that's not the reality. We're in the redonkulous. What's one of the reasons this happened? Not the entire move, not the whole chart. Just the last several points, if you will. Here it is, at least from where I sit, NDX 9000. These big fat round numbers act like big magnets a lot of the time. It was close to 9000. They needed to get it to 9000. Who are they? The market participants. It doesn't matter who they are. Look where the high of the day is. 9,455. It's an arbitrary number. They needed to get it to 9,000. Now, does that have to be the end of the road? No, it doesn't. 
but it's acting as a magnet. It's magnetic. Big fat round numbers are magnetic. This is the kind of stuff that Inside the Numbers members get each and every day. You just don't know what information you're going to get on what day. It's all based on what's happening in the market and what the market is drawing out of my mind. That's what keeps it fascinating. You never know what you're going to get every single day. You never know what you're going to learn every single day. Do we have anything else to learn from the cues? No. Let's move it along. How about the XLF? What's going on over here? Well, you'll find out that something interesting is going on, happened today. Look where the high of the day is. Happens to be $30.98. Why is that important? That's our monthly bogey. We're only at the ninth day of the month of January. However, it's interesting that we're not at a new high in the XLF. We're at a new high in the SPY. Why not the XLF? It's interesting. It's of note. Maybe it's a puzzle piece. We'll put it on the side, not necessarily on the table just yet. Remember, that's a monthly number, and this is a bullish pattern, so it may just not be ready yet or ripe yet or have broken out to the next leg higher yet, or is it going to be a failure? We don't know. This is what the umpire is watching for. Next up, good old Smash Mouth. What do we have here? Well, if we're just looking from a technical perspective on the chart, we have a couple of things. What jumps out at me? Two things. A, it's in an uptrend. B, they made a new high today, but didn't close at a new high. Doesn't mean it's collapsing or anything like that. That's just what jumps out at me today on the chart. Remember, this is an information transfer process. I'm taking it from the danger zone, transferring it into your knowledge bank. That's the goal here. And remember, we're in a pay it forward scenario. Always pay it forward in life. I'm paying it forward right now. And with that, folks, it's everything I wanted to and intended to discuss tonight. So I will pull the ripcord here. Before I do so, I want to thank each and every one of you. I appreciate each and every one of you. Without you, these videos are not possible. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My strategic forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is Common Sense Market Analysis.